Welcome to Combat Chatter, a Star Wars The Old Republic podcast, brought to you by RepublicTrooper.com. Combat Chatter covers the latest hot topics and breaking news surrounding Star Wars The Old Republic, BioWare, and the greater Tor community. Alright, what's going on everybody? Welcome to another episode of Combat Chatter, hosted by uh, yours truly, Andy, at Republic Trooper. And uh, we've been off the air again for a couple of weeks. I know Mike was uh, busy getting shit-faced for his birthday last Monday, so he couldn't do the podcast, so thanks, Mike. But uh, but anyways, we are, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're back this week to uh, talk more Star Wars The Old Republic, and as usual, I am joined by Dave and Mike from the Republic Trooper team. And uh, there is a ton of stuff to talk about since patch 1.2 finally arrived on Thursday. So uh, let's get right into it, guys. What did you uh, think about patch 1.2? I think uh, I think it did a good job in, uh, in being one number higher than patch 1.1. It definitely came through there. But uh, it, it delivered... Well, we'll touch upon the PvP stuff a little bit later, guys. But removing PvP from the mix, it delivered pretty much on what Bioware said they were going to deliver upon. This patch... It has some content in it, but it's uh, very heavy on features. A lot of people, and I think rightly so, consider it the patch that has all the features that both players and Bioware alike would have liked to have seen three or four months ago. And, yeah, uh, it's the stuff they wanted at launch, you know, all that quality of life stuff that they wanted at launch that they had to cut. That being said, I, I, I would like to go into the legacy system at some point and... Uh, and I think all three of us have slightly different viewpoints on different aspects of it. Uh, the legacy system, I think, is a really awesome system. As as Andy well knows, we'll speak about the caveats of legacy and where Bioware is going with it. And I hope they see those caveats. But what do you think of it, Mike? What, what's, what's your view on 1.2, your overall? Uh, my overall is I'm still taking in a lot of it. The obvious things that hit me right off I mean right when I first logged in and first started playing is obviously the UI changes and the customization of that uh, that was the first thing that hit me the legacy system which uh, just came in like you were talking about I think a lot of that is really awesome I have a lot of fun even even just the family tree thing which has no effect on the game necessarily right now but that was a lot of fun to build anyway and since I play I've been concentrating on a combat medic the combat medic changes, especially because I heal mostly war zones right now. Those were the three main things that hit me right when I first came into it. And I like all of the changes so far. I mean, I'm, in, I'm enjoying the UI customization. A lot of people know me. I, I came from Rift, and Rift had a customizable UI, and I thought that was like the way to go for everything. And then I saw how this one does the customizable UI, and it's infinitely easier to to work with so yeah dude that, that was my first impression was, i'm looking at i'm like this is this is fabulous like they nailed this that was my thing too like i i think my favorite change so far and i've really only you know maybe played five or six hours since since the patch released thursday um i actually would have had more time but my computer crashed while i was in the middle of patching so when oh, I, no. dude i was so pissed i was like no so when i when i had to like blue screen so when i rebooted I started the client and it was it was like repairing the client, but essentially it re-downloaded the entire client and then had to patch 1.2 on top of it. So it took me a, that that ate up like three hours of my 
of my playtime on Thursday. But anyways, nice. uh, the, the the UI stuff was probably my, my favorite thing. I know a lot of people have been asking about that uh, for a long time. And I, I spent a good two and a half, three hours, you know, tweaking my UI. I think it was MMO Mechanics had a really cool um, area where you could post screenshots and your XML files so you could download other people's UIs and then tweak them. So I found one that was kind of in the layout that I wanted and set it up in a, you know, and then tweaked it the way I wanted, which which saved me a bunch of time. That was cool. Um, oh, also, uh, while we're talking about that, uh, yeah. UICantina.com also has some really great uh, layouts put up there. Oh, sweet. I haven't uh, even heard about that. That's cool. Yeah, I saw that come over my uh, Twitter account, and I went there, and I actually, the one I'm using for my combat medic, I actually downloaded from that website. So nice. Um, yeah, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna pimp that website. I'm not being paid or anything. For that, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They are not. <laughs> I'm not actually. I just I just really like that website. No, the other thing I noticed though, the the next thing I kind of noticed was the crafting changes, right? So I always have my guys running missions, and I've been trying to you know convert a couple of my high end blue stuff to purples and things like that to help deck out my companions, and I'm sending my guys out on treasure hunting missions. Dude, and they're coming back with schematics for, like, new lightsabers and stuff. I was totally stoked because now I can craft those. And if you if you get a crit, you're going to get an augment slot in that weapon. That's going to make it the best item in the game with the, with uh, switching out your companion or switching out your mods. Um, oh, nice. So that was pretty cool. And then uh, the other thing, let's see, what else did I do? I ran the Krillia dailies. I actually like the Krillia dailies. They were pretty cool. And I like that there's a lot of new gear that you can get with daily commendations, but there's all kind, there's a whole new like tier of gear. That's really good gear that you can get with the black hole commendation. So I was checking some of that out. And then the other thing for me, just cause I'm a dork about it is I'm so happy that they changed the unify armor piece. So I'm not a clown suit anymore, which was pretty cool. Um, oh yeah. That was, that was the other thing I noticed. I'm like, how, what do I do? Oh, there's a new tab. And I'm all blue now, the which only, is fantastic. Right. The only thing about it that I was bummed about, you can't do it for your companions, which I thought was really strange. You can do it for your main, but you can't do it for your companions. So I hope they uh, I hope they add that ability in because my companions have gear from like all over the place. And they, they need to, uh, they, right now they look really bad. But, but some other stuff that I kind of discovered just running around. So on the fleet, there's now an achievement terminal. And I'm pretty sure it's new. I don't, I don't believe it was there before. And there's five or six, I think, different quests that are for, like, killing all of the world bosses, completing all of the flashpoints in hard modes, killing all of the raid bosses in normal and hard and all that stuff. And when you turn them in, you'll get, like, unique speeders and stuff. So, like, high-end speeder bikes and, and new vehicles and that kind of stuff. That's pretty cool. And then the thing that got me really excited yesterday, which I didn't know about until early morning yesterday, was the live event that they just surprised everybody with. The Rackle Invasion, that's pretty awesome. So I haven't had a chance to check it out. I'm going to check it out tonight. But I've been Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I, I, I heard the announcement. I watched the little video that they have floating around on the, on the fleet. I'm like, what is going on here? And at first, literally, okay, this is how much of a dork I am. They were, uh, it was announcing, you know, stay away from Tatooine. So literally, I stayed away from Tatooine. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like, wait, and then... Today, I, I get home, and my roommate's like, dude, have you checked out Tatooine? I'm like, oh, that's a live event, isn't it? He's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. You should go there. <laughs> it's pretty cool. So MMOmechanics.com, uh, they have some walkthroughs of, of what you need to do. There's actually quite a few things that you can do, and it seems that new quests are opening up every day. So yesterday, there was like five quests. Today, there's like seven or eight. Um, people are like, hey, I found new ones. I found new ones. Some of them are inside the Outlaw's Den, which is the PvP area. 
to, to get the one boss. So it created like this huge world PvP, I guess. People were saying it was really awesome and a lot of fun. Um, and then there's some unique gifts and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I think uh, I think on that side, those are the things that I kind of noticed the most. I, I personally haven't even had a chance to check out the new Flashpoint, the new Warzone, or the new Raid yet. That'll probably be, you know, later in the week. But uh, so far, I've been pretty happy with it. Just to go back to the crafting thing, since you mentioned it, my main character is a slicer. And I, will n I did notice that the new slicing components instead of the augments and everything, that is... Uh, a really interesting thing. Now, I started out at level 400 for slicing, so I was getting the top end purples and blues and things to sell. And they definitely did not gimp slicers as far as making credits. So, for people who are worried about that, uh, you needn't fear. Uh, that stuff still sells for a, pretty, uh, a decent amount of money. So, yeah, you know, uh, kind of to that point, I think to just to focus on the crafting and the crew skill side of it for a minute, I think. Um, I think what they've really done with 1.2 is they've kind of made all of all of the major crafting skills viable again for not only for crafting like high-end gear that's functional and, and like I would say equivalent or even in some cases maybe better than raid gear, but also um, for crafting and selling items on the auction house. There was a guy in our guild, um, he was a, a arms tech, and so he was crafting some blaster rifles and he got a couple of crits, so he got the orange blaster rifle you know, the three mod slots plus the augment. Dude, he put it on the auction house, and it sold in like an hour for 2.5 million credits. You know, so the dude's making like oh. a ton of money. Um, we uh, we also had we also had one guy in the guild who made two rifles that uh, each sold for 1.2 million. Right. Wow. So, Karn. And, right, it's, yeah, Karn. So those would never, I mean, that stuff would never happen before. Your crafted items weren't selling like that. So I think they've really, I think they've really made the, the all the crafting skills viable in that regard, because now I under the way I understand it, like for artifice, for me, I can do a double-bladed saber or a single saber. I think arms arms mech or armor mech can do some armors. Um, arms tech can do guns, you know that kind of stuff. So armor mech does everything. Armor mech can add slots to all the major things on a crit. So oh sweet, there, there's an extra yeah, there's an extra augment slot for for everything. And you can craft augments. You can create augments now too, right? Yeah, yeah. Each, um, all the different, all the different uh, craftings get different, uh, like three or four different stats that they can make. So no one can make all of the same stats. So like, armor mech can make a few, and and um, and arms tech can make a few, and synth weaving can make a few. So that's everyone cool. makes them now, makes augments now. No, that's cool. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a really good positive change. But back to. Uh, Kind of what Dave wanted to talk about earlier. Dave, why don't you uh, talk about the legacy system and, and go into what you think about it? Okay. To, to give, uh, I'm going to start on my complete view of the legacy system, not just what got changed and what got put in place. Now, the legacy system as a whole is uh, it's a really good idea. Uh, it, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of cool stuff in it. But the problem with the legacy system. Uh, to start out with, I'm going to start with the problem with it because there are definitely ways to fix it, in my opinion. Is and this actually goes speaks to the whole game. I know a lot of people who've left. To be quite to be quite blunt, I know a lot of people who've left. And unlike a lot of other MMO launches, I don't hear the the classic. Oh my God, they failed to deliver. Oh my God, this this game sucks. I I was waiting three, four, five years, and it was supposed to be so great. People are leaving, and they're just they're just kind of quietly sad and they're like yeah I just it's a really good game I just don't feel invested 
a lot of people, e- even though they like alts, they they want to really not only have you know some some dailies and stuff to do. They want to really be able to dig deep into uh, a main character or even you know a main character in one alt. But the legacy system it accentuates uh, jumping around in characters more than any other MMO really has ever done. And the majority of the system is actually to level and unlock other characters. But uh, to be quite frank, uh, I'm a hardcore player, but I played hardcore for the first two months, and I've played much, much less for the last couple months. And I already have 350s, and, and another character is almost 40, and, and I only have one slot left at all, no matter what. So even if I continue to play casual, if it's another two or three months, if I play casual, I'll have another, you know, maybe... 50 maybe 250s by the time the next part comes out and this is another thing people are commenting on like can we at least get more slots if the game is focused so much around alts like for instance yeah i've heard that the new character slots that's a big issue that people have because a lot of people like me on launch day i went and made eight characters so i'm full (laughs) you know what i mean yeah same with me and some of the things you can unlock actually a lot of the things you can unlock is to help your alts level quicker but like I said, even if you're a moderate player, you're going to have a decent amount of characters up there. One of the, if you look in the legacy tab, guys, one of the things they have is coming soon, and obviously, it's likely going to be the, you know, the second part of the rollout of the legacy system, as James Olin said. You know, stuff will keep coming down the pipe, and they have a lot of stuff, but they have 15 different skills on advancement, which gives you more XP in in flashpoints and war zones and space, stuff for legacy crafting, which you already have an item. A legacy speeder license so that you can use your level 25 mounts at level 10. Like I said, even if you're playing kind of casual and some people like to jump around on alts, there'll be a lot of characters who, who are way past 10 by that point anyway. But to, to get back to it, basically what they've done is uh, what EverQuest and EverQuest 2 have done is they've taken XP beyond just leveling and they've moved it to the alternate advancement system. Star Wars has done that too. But they focus so much of it on alts and so little of it on extending uh, your character's uh, viability at the end game um, that I think it's going to bite them in the proverbial butt. Seriously, they have a couple th- if they have a couple things that actually work great, especially if you're a focused uh, player or you just want to play one main character or even you want to keep going at end game. Like they have crafting. Legacy of Crafting, which is going to come in the next update, hopefully. That's in the coming soon area. And that increases your crit chance with crafting. Now, that's something, that's something that is viable to all characters, including endgame. But they need more stuff like that. They need stuff that's going to buff uh, abilities. Like, like I, I have three of the buffs because I have three characters past Act 2. I have three buffs on every single one of my characters. When I put... When I put uh, fortification on my trooper i get lucky shots and force might too because my other two characters instead of that give me a couple more percent on fortification like you know i want to play my trooper more than anything let let me let me build him up through the legacy system one of the other things that i have heard also possibly this is i'm not sure if it's related to anything he was talking about but uh just because i just thought of it I heard a rumor that eventually they're thinking about adding to the legacy system the ability that if you have a imperial character and a republic character, 
of like legacy type quests where you can end up meeting one of your alts as like an NPC. Dude, that would, that would be awesome. <laughs> I just thought that, that like I don't know how they would do it, but that is one of the rumors that I that I've heard that they that is in like the you know the theory uh, crafting stages or whatever. But I'm like that would be that would be fascinating. No, that would be cool. Would it, but but kind of to Dave's point, I mean, me, Dave and I have talked a lot about this offline too, and and I get what he's getting at. You know, he wants to see more stuff to do in the game, and you know, more like unique style rewards, right? Like I, I personally thought that the rewards from the Rakul invasion were pretty cool. And he was kind of like, eh, you know, it's a new color crystal and a vanity pet. Like that's not really that big of a deal. You know what I mean? I was surprised though. Like I actually thought the scope of this, I mean, dude, they released, there's the, the new raid, there's a new flashpoint, there's the new war zone, there's the new daily quests. Um, there's all the new world achievements. They've added in all kinds of like random, uh, world bosses like you can get new vanity pets you can get new mounts like somebody in our guild was trying to get this new mount from Alderaan and this egg that spawns I don't even know the whole deal around it I gotta go look it up and it, like I thought that with all of the quality of life changes I thought was actually pretty good kind of to Dave's point about the legacy system though I do agree I think the legacy system is if, if you look at it kind of as a whole it, it, it's there's there's two sides to it there's some quality of life stuff and then there's stuff to improve your alt experience right like let them level faster get them give them heirloom items kind of similar to wow the legacy items you know there's very few things that enhance like your primary character most of the things that do are basically quality of life stuff for your ship like getting a mailbox getting the repair droid getting the you know the the gtn terminal in your in your ship etc cetera, etc cetera. so i don't know i mean that's kind of the game right now right like that's kind of how they advertise the game I'm hoping that long term that they will fix that kind of more to Dave's point because, like he said, when I played when I played WoW, I mean, yeah, I had I had alts, but I didn't really have a serious alt for three years. You know what I mean? I played the same character every night, night in and night out. It took me like the first two months of trying out a couple of different classes and going, ah, eh, okay, I don't really like this, and I found the one that I wanted to play, and I only played that character for like three years. You know, I I had other alts at like level ten. Or whatever, but I kind of focused only on that, and there was there was never a shortage of, of things to do. And and I think in this game, even at a moderate play, you know, you kind of start getting in that like rinse and repeat cycle where it's like, okay, I'm gonna log in, I'm gonna do my dailies, I'm gonna run a flashpoint, you know, maybe I'll run a raid once a week or or something like that. And outside of that, there's not a giant ton of things to do. I think with 1.2, they've started the trend of fixing that. Like with the live events, there's some more stuff to do with the uh, the world boss achievements and getting the new vehicles and stuff. That's pretty cool. I've only ever killed a few of the world bosses. So hopefully, you know, in patch 1.3, there'll be a lot more of just like stuff to do kind of things. And I've also heard that in patch 1.3, they're looking for group tool is coming as well. So I think that'll help help a lot as well. New stuff, right? Things that continue on. Of the three of us, I'm probably the one who can actually speak about the war zone. Oh yeah, the uh, Novair Coast. Novair yeah. Coast. Um, I, I only got to play one match because it hasn't popped uh, nearly as often as like, I get Hutball probably like five out of ten times nowadays, or okay, one out of two if you. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, Novair Coast is an interesting battleground. Um, where it's the only one so far where uh, 
our Republic teams have actually won more than once in a row. Um, but it, it's kind of, I guess it's a capture an area. In WoW, what, what was the big one where you captured an area and you tried to keep it? Oh, that was, um, I forget off the top of my head, but I know you're talking about. Yeah, so essentially there's Ara- like. You're talking about a Rathy Basin? That's what, Basin, right. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. So they had five. They had five capture points. I think Novair Coast has three capture points, right? Yeah. It's th- it's it's. I want to say three or four. I think it's three. Um, like I said, I haven't gotten a chance to have it pop too often, and every time I've only captured three, so it's probably three. Right. Um, I'm going to get crucified by our comments <laughs> after this, but <laughs> um, but what's neat is that it the actual uh, capturing the points, unlike Alderaan. Um, it's a contested thing. So, you know, you could have more than one person trying to capture and it increases how fast they load up, you know. And the other team can also try and capture at the same time. So you have to try to interrupt them while not being interrupted yourself. And it's similar to all the round, but with different mechanics that I think uh, make it a little bit more interesting. Granted, I'm, as the medic, I'm usually the guy trying to keep my team alive so that they're not being blown to bits while they're trying to capture something, but it's a neat map. It's very open as compared to other maps where there's a lot of things to hide behind. It's not flat or anything, like, but I mean, there's a lot of hills and things, but other, you can pretty much see what's going on from, very, from a few vantage points. So I think we're going to see a lot more snipers and gunslingers, uh, you know, PvPing a lot more often because. Uh, the only time I've really seen the snipers really effective is just in Hutball when they're just trying to, like, when they're hitting you with leg shots or whatever, so you can't move very fast. But, right. Um, yeah, so I, with this open, with this type of open war zone, they're definitely much more effective. Also, as a medic, I love it because my team doesn't, you know, actually stays within the line of sight, which is such a problem in the other war zones. They'll run behind something, and I'll be halfway through that, you know, my, my casting time, and oh, They've run behind something, and now that three-second cast is gone. So, yeah, um, I haven't had I haven't had a chance to to play it yet. Honestly, I've, I was doing the the daily stuff, and I want to check out the Tatooine stuff. But I'm definitely gonna gonna check it out. Another thing, though, like Dave mentioned earlier too. Uh, so there was a big there was a big letdown to like our hardcore or or TOR hardcore PVPers. They were essentially told um, that ranked war zones were coming in this patch, and then pretty much about. 10 hours before the patch went live, they pulled it out and people were really, really upset about that. I don't know. I think there was something else with PVP too that they, that they kind of did, but the ranked war zone things really got to people. And then uh, I think it was like the next day, you know, everybody who had a level 50 got 30 days of free playtime. And a lot of people were saying, Oh, well that was because I mean, cause the, the forums like erupted, right? Like people were so upset that they pulled it last minute and so they gave the everyone with the level 50 free playtime, which, you know, that was a nice gesture. It's like, hey, here's a month free, you know, essentially. They didn't say it was an apology for that, but everyone kind of got the vibe that that's what it was. But then the people who didn't have level 50s flipped out. They were like, well, how come only people with level 50s got free playtime? So then BioWare followed up, and they essentially gave everybody in the game a, a free month of playtime now. Well, as long as you're le- legacy level six right. or level fifty by April twenty second, right? Yeah, that's right. You have to make it. You have a, like another eight or ten days or something like that to to get to legacy level six, which really is not very difficult at all. Um, but I don't know. I mean, 
I kind of thought that was a bad move on their part. I know that they had promised to release 1.2 early in early April, but it's one of those things. That was a major, major feature that the PVPers were super excited about, and they had to have known more than the day before that it wasn't going to be in the patch, right? So they should, in my opinion, I think they should have delayed it until it was ready. But some of the people I was talking to, they were saying you can't effectively do ranked war zones until they have cross-server queuing. And they, Bioware said like they're working on that, but they don't know when it's going to come out. So they have a feeling that the ranked war zones are actually going to be delayed significantly until the cross-server queue stuff is, is working for ranked war zones. I don't know. Yeah, it, that might be. I, I don't actually have... I mean, I do a decent amount of PvP, but uh, as Dave is one to point out, I don't have a level 50 yet, so I don't know how it is at level 50. I do know that they added the new uh, PvP armor for uh, yeah, the level the war, 50. The War Hero uh, tier, yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, you start off just paying credits, and then you, then you use commendations. So you start off not, you know not being completely gimped when you get to level 50 and are facing guys with, you know, complete PvP armor with lots and lots of expertise and things like that. Yeah, I thought to get uh, the War Hero stuff, you it was it was a combination of credits, commendations, and you already had to have the piece in Battlemaster. So, yes, like, to get the War uh, Hero chest, you have to have the Battlemaster chest first. It, that's for the highest highest tier. There's three tiers. There's the, uh, I think it starts with Rookie. Oh, 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 okay. I'm with Something you. like that. It's where you get basically a good, you know, you pay credits and you get a good starting gear for um, for PvPing, uh, you know, with the PvP stat uh, included and everything. So you're not walking in to your first couple uh, level 50 PvP matches and getting completely owned. When I was playing Rift, I know when I first got to level 50 and, you know, it was all just level 50 people in those war zones. If you didn't have the PvP armor, it wasn't even a contest. Like it wasn't fun at all because you go in, you try to hurt, you know, you know, attack somebody, and your attacks do nothing. Right. Well, um, you know, uh, I, I've noticed the opposite effect of that. I've been trying to get a, a raid group going and just to do normal mode raids. So, like, we've been doing Eternity Vault and, and Kraga's Palace and things like that over yeah. the past few weeks, and it's mostly people like me who, you know, our schedule, like my schedule, just doesn't permit me really to raid, and and plus we do it late at night, right? So, like, East Coasters, I mean, technically, we're, we're online until 2.30 in the morning their time, right? So we only do it once a week. We do it later at night. But a lot of the people that have been playing or coming with us, they were in PvP gear, and they were in, like, full Battlemaster and all that stuff. But, dude, for raiding, it's, it's the exact opposite of what you were saying. The PvP gear is killer for PvP. It's terrible for, like, hard modes and raids. It's the same thing. They, you essentially lose, like, 30% of your stats. Um, yeah, and, and it's the I, same I, thing I, when you go into PvP with with PVE gear, right? Because you don't have the expertise bump and all that stuff. You just get you get annihilated. Yeah, I know that when the game was first starting to come out, you know, before it was released and everything, what they had wanted to do was make it so that it didn't matter what kind of armor you were wearing, you could still be competitive. And I think they found that that just wasn't quite working for uh, what people were expecting out of PvP versus raiding. Um, I don't think they could sort of. They, I don't think they could, were able to balance that out. So I knew that eventually they amended that statement, and now it's a much bigger difference between the PVE gear versus the PVP gear at Endgame. So, uh, but up until level fifty, I mean, it's uh, I PVP just fine with. What, I, I mean, they don't have anything special for that. So 
Right, uh, right. I know you, you mentioned a key word in, in balance, and I know Dave was mentioned to this the other day. Dave, why don't you give uh, your thoughts on the whole PvP balance thing with skills? Because you actually had some pretty good ideas around that. Well, I was saying, I think, uh, I think one reason that you see you've seen such uh, homogenization of skills in a lot of the contemporary MMOs. It kind of started with WoW. I mean, you can see it in Rift to a degree, although uh, they're they're a little bit more. Uh, they've got a little bit more flexibility. Their their class system does have does have a little bit more uh, variance to it. But still, in general, uh, especially around gear and giving people too many abilities or or, to, or abilities that are are very variable or, or giving people you know niche abilities or or making specialist classes and such when and to to note off before anybody thinks oh you know he's a pve only guy care bear i i played everquest from launch on the only pvp server back in the day ralos i was in the group that won the group best of the best against afterlife um and i played some hardcore pvp in a game where when you died people could take a piece of your loot and all the money on you so i'm not i'm neither scared nor adverse to pvp however uh when a game is hampered in the fact that um its balance has to be so precise and items have to be considered uh because of uh competition to the smallest minute detail in pvp then it affects PVE. Uh, a lot of games have gotten around this by simply making abilities and even in some cases gear work differently in PVE than they do in PVP. Blizzard uh, did that almost not at all. They did it with a small amount of crowd control. They could have done it with everything and, and made the game uh, much better on both sides. And I, I'm, I'm fearing that Star Wars is, is doing it. Uh, I, I know they're aiming towards the eSport thing and uh, I, I think I think it's a mistake uh, to balance the game around both because PvP will always will always uh, narrow the focus of what can be done because if you want to give a class say like hey let's you know let's give this class the ability to you know this tanking class the ability to stun this tanking class uh, you know the ability to um, AOE tank and you know this tanking class uh, you know the ability to heal a small amount then once you start looking into PvP all of a sudden it's like hey what why can my tank guy not stun I can't interrupt people I get stun locked this isn't fair it, it, it tends to it tends to really really narrow down um, what makes the different classes and gear unique in the game so that uh, you see very little variation and that was one of my biggest complaints. It's it's not just the event. Um, even on the new vendor, I was looking at the um, the new daily vendor over by the black hole, and they have trinkets you can buy now, but they're not new trinkets. Uh, they're trinkets with the exact same stats of the trinkets that come out of raids. I I just I just don't want to see new content put in. That's just you know, I don't want to run a 400 meter dash with different graphics. You know I I want. I want a 150 meter dash, uh, you know, uh, you know, or if you're going to give me a 150 meter dash, I, I want it with, you know, uh, different obstacles every time. Well, uh, whatever. I just, I, I don't want a new thing to do to get the exact same outcome. In the, much. 
I was just to say, in regards to the PvP stuff, I haven't noticed. I mean, I've seen them make a a, a few tweaks to skills and stuff for to, to maybe do some balance. It seems to me like they're trying to balance PvP versus PVE um, more with the different gear sets as opposed to actually tweaking the skills. Yeah, that seems to be what I've seen or what I've noticed as well. The well, uh, the changes don't seem to be PvP centric rather than um, right. I don't I don't remember if it was Mike Moore. It was it was one of the high up guys at Blizzard, and uh, he'd mentioned that if he knew that WoW was was going to get into esports, oh yeah, Arena was going to get so big, uh, he would have designed. You, you know, they would have done design very very different, uh, and it was a very big headache. I think. I think Star Wars knew, you know, Star Wars launched knowing that uh, the PvP, the arena type gameplay that uh, became very popular in WoW, they launched with that. So they were already ahead of the game in that they had their stuff closer to balance as it was. Right. So that's where you see it. But at the same time, like, and I'm not saying there's no variance in the classes. There is a little bit. Okay. But, and I'm going to, I'm going to go back to it when, when you compare it to, to games like, and I've said it many times, EverQuest 1 and 2, but I'll say other games that I've enjoyed for class variants. I mean, you have Lord of the Rings, you have Vanguard, you have Earth and Beyond. Uh, you know, there, there's there's tons of games out there where different classes like, hey, this guy will be really helpful in this situation because he can do this, which no one else can do or at least do as well as him. And I know some people feel that, oh, well, you know, I don't want to have to count on somebody else. But guys... I'm going to say it straight out. If you want to play almost an entire game by yourself, okay, they make these things. They just came out like six months ago. They're called single-player games. Yeah, RPGs. Really cool. No, I was going to say, though, so just in terms of, like, balancing, and I, I'm with you, dude. I, don't, I do not think that they should be balancing, balancing the game based off of, like, PvP per se, right? That should not be the balance point or the balance focus for the game. Even in even with all of the class changes in 1.2, there I think it was Georg Zoller made a, a a very large post about the metrics they were running and, and why, like for example, the combat medics kind of got nerfed and well, not really, kind of they they got pretty severely nerfed. But he was all of his reasons and, and who knows maybe they were covering it up, but I don't think that those those changes were based off of PvP because everything he was talking about was coming from like raids and metrics from raids and all of this kind of stuff. Like I was saying before, I think as far as PV, PvP goes, I, I see them mostly trying to balance PvP around gear. But you actually made an interesting point of, about people playing single-player RPGs and I want to I want to totally, totally off-topic, guys. But so there's been a discussion going on on the Republic Trooper forums and uh, one of our users, Mark, he, he posted a a forum post and he calls it tour care and the individual mandate. He was essentially saying, um, he didn't like, he didn't like the fact that to complete the higher level space, space missions that you quote, had to have the cyber tech upgrades on your spaceship, which you don't necessarily have to have to complete it. I mean, it does, it does make it a little easier, but I'm trying to find the exact, I'm trying to find the exact quote. And, uh, let's see, somebody said, and I was essentially making the comparison of like, well, hey, you know, it's an MMO. Like, you can't do everything yourself. It, you, you have to be able to go and, and find find people to do stuff. And so and I, I made the comparison of kind of like having the appropriate gear. And it's like, hey, sometimes in other MMOs, you have to go find crafters to craft you gear and this, this, and that. And somebody else responded. And they said, having the appropriate gear is one thing, but requiring me to buy it from another player 
is entirely different. And I don't know. I completely disagree with that. And I actually think that that's part of the, the problem with with um, TOR's game community, right? They want to do everything by themselves. They don't want to play yeah. with other people. Dude, I, I've, I mean, a matter of fact, I maxed out several times at 1,000 credits. When I did a first space mission and I didn't know how to do something, I died once, months ago. I've never died. And I've done literally probably thousands of space missions. Right. I've never bought... A, I've never bought a piece of gear from a player. You can the the pieces of gear from the player are slight bumps above the stuff you can buy right from the vendor. You you never have to deal with the player. No, it, no, right, totally, and I I agree. But I, I I was just using he was referencing space combat, but the conversation kind of turned to the larger thing because somebody else somebody else came along and posted and said they said helping. Helping and playing with other players is one thing. Being forced to hire other players is another. This is not the same thing. It's not even close. And it's like, dude, first of all, you're not even forced to hire anybody. Second, it's it's an MMO, man. Like, if, if you want an artifice guy to craft you an epic lightsaber, you got to go find one and track him down. Or, if you don't want to do that, you have the freedom to level that skill up yourself, right? Like, I just thought it was an interesting kind of take on... I, I've seen this before, like... You know, there'll be 30 people online, and it's like, hey, who wants to do this? And you'll you'll get crickets, you know. And people have been talking about, like, they have trouble finding groups and this, this, and that. And I just, I don't know what it is, but, it, and, you know, I think, Dave, you, you coined the term. It was a single-player MMO the other day when we were on the phone. And that's kind of what it feels like, but I don't necessarily I know if it's because of the game. No, no, I didn't coin the term. Actually, I said that I, de I defended Bioware in a lot of areas that people were concerned with. And, and I think I think they came through. Uh, with flying colors on this MMO in in most of those areas I defended them in. But the one area that people said they were concerned about in beta was that this was going to be a great game, but it was going to feel like a single-player game on an MMO server. And it, it I'm going to tell you, that's that's not only my one of my only real concerns, it's the biggest one, and it's, it's what... It, it's literally like almost the keystone to all these other things and it it goes back the legacy system the 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 playing alts like i know they did tons and tons of content in the story and stuff and they want you to play it and i want to play it but like i want to play my main two and it's literally other than the alting stuff it's just there, there's no there's no big drawback it's the, the game just it seems to polarize people into playing a part and that lends itself even more to um the thing that you were talking about andy because we've all seen it it's the hey you know it's hard to find a group which i think is a mix of a people being lazy and people being spoiled by uh the couple of games that have had uh, dungeon finders because dungeon finders uh wow pretty much uh launched that and a couple games have had it since but they're only a few years old but now it's like people can't function without it but at the same time people come on they come home from work they want to jump on they want to play they want to have a little bit of fun and a lot of people are you know doing them hey you want to do a group and if they don't get an answer within a couple minutes they just jump right onto an alt and it's it's what bioware is selling them as as like the big thing to do and I have no problem with that my problem is it's literally one of the only things to do like they're not investing in the longevity of one character they're almost looking like hey you know we expect everyone 
to play tons of alts. Right. Like, well, l- like that's what we're selling you. Like that. That's the game. Well, I have. Yeah, I I agree. I agree with that kind of to to some point. I would say this as far as like looking for groups. I mean, and we play on one of the higher population servers, right? So we're actually we're actually pretty pretty lucky. At, at peak times, our servers generally at standard or, or heavy. Um, a lot of these servers are at light. But e- even my experience is. I have no problem waiting around an hour to find a group to, to do what I want to do. And I'll, I'll go do other stuff during that time. The thing is, is like if you leave the fleet or if you leave whatever planet you want to do your grouping on, dude, you can't, you're not there anymore. You can't talk to any of those people that are there or whatever. So that makes it a little bit difficult. So, so I would say it, in my experience, it's probably about 50-50. Sometimes I can get a group, a full group and a good group in, in like five or ten minutes, which is no big deal. I've had other times where it's been like an hour, you know, and I'll, I'll get like one person and one person will stay while somebody else runs around or I'll stay while they run around and, you know, you try and fill it out and you just, you can't get a group. And I mean, this is in like peak time, you know, and I'm, I'm talking out of guild, out of allies and adversaries, out of general, you know, so, and, and we're, again, we're on a higher population server. So I feel really bad for the people that are on the lower population servers. I, I think, I think a looking for group tool will definitely help the game. At the same time, I understand your point. the The LFG tool in um, in Warcraft pretty much destroyed community, right? Like everybody I found from a pug that's been good, I actually add them to my friends list now. And when I want to go and do groups, I send them tells like, "Hey, dude, you know, ran with you the other day. Well, want to go do it?" But I don't think a lot of people do that kind of stuff, right? Well, look, let me also let me also put it this way, and and I know they want to give people choices, but it, it's not even like similar. It's like the exact same stuff. Like people, I, I mean, people were doing, you know, flashpoints and stuff. But once they learned that they could get the same gear or better, once they started doing ops, even their story mode ops, they stopped wanting to run flashpoints because it got to the point where there was nothing unique. We talked about this. Even if there was something small, like like an item that attaches to armor that you can only get out of a hard mode flashpoint that gave you like two extra stamina or three extra aim, like people they don't feel like their time in flashpoints is spent well because they're not getting anything unique there so why go i i really i i don't get that from people at all that they don't they don't feel like they're getting anything unique what i what i'm getting from people is oh i've beat that once so i don't want to go back you know what i mean in and, and in wow i remember wow dude we used to do like Ubers well, runs that, and Barons runs that, and all that stuff hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. And for some reason, and we've talked about it before on the podcast, in this game, people are like, well, I've done it once. Why, why do I want to do it again? I've done well, it once. Ex- but that's exactly the point. Why do I want to do it again? Because they've seen it because that's what I'm saying. They've had the experience because other than the experience, they don't see, they don't see the value beyond the experience that's what i'm saying there's there's nothing in there beyond the fact that they they rode the ride and the the ride's not going to give them anything else other than riding the ride again no right but i don't think that has to do with gear i I, because honestly you you can run flash i think for a lot of players it does well but i I mean the 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 drop tables on the bosses i mean you can run a flashpoint 10 times and never see all of the gear that that boss drops right that's what i'm saying is i don't think it's because of gear I think it's just because the MMO player mentality has changed quite a bit from where it was, you know, say two or three years ago, right? Actually, people we, people were running lots, even in our guild, they were running lots of flashpoints uh, going for the hard modes for the chests, for the chest pieces, until ops started. Then people were getting their chests from ops, and they didn't, they didn't care about that anymore. 
So I, 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 I think a big part of it has to do with uh, that because uh, truthfully, I mean, you know, I, I don't mind doing an experience several times, but I don't think anyone's going to just keep running something if they don't see any, any major benefit to them. Or even it's not even it's not even a major benefit. I should say they don't see the possibility for a benefit, and that's the thing. Right? They 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 want it. They want you know they want to at least know that they go they're going in there with a lottery ticket, and they're going in there, and to them there's you know there's nothing that's going to be well, right. That's that's the thing is is it, it's it's like I said the the MMO mentality the MMO player mentality has changed a little bit. Is dude. Honestly, a lot of MMO players now are selfish. They're like, oh, I already have my headpiece. I don't need to go in there. And it's like, well, dude, I don't have mine, and, and you know the you know the, you know know the the instance, and I've never been in it. It'd be really cool if you ran it with me and, and helped me out like as your guildmate. And they're like, yeah, whatever, dude. You know what I mean? Like, So it, like me personally as a player, I love helping other players out, especially like people who don't know. And I, I've been on pugs that were freaking horrible. Yeah, but... The, but but what, one of the major points too, and and this is something that's what I'm saying. This is something that didn't happen in other games. Like literally, the gear you get from those flashpoints is the same gear you get easier in operations. It, people would go back to other places because either there would be new players or someone would be re-rolling. Uh, but they the gear they actually got out of single group instances in other games, even in WoW was actually a stepping stone to be able to raid. Right. No, I, I 100% agree with you there. It's, it's like I said, I mean, I've this we're about to do our, our fourth week in a row of this raid thing. And, you know, I've, I've run pretty much almost all of the flashpoints I've done in hard mode, like at least five or five or six times. Some of them I haven't been into yet. But, it, you know, raiding even in, in normal mode or in, in hard mode, at least in EV and Kragas Palace, you you get the same drops out of the as you just you know in different variety and different amounts and stuff, but it's the same as the flashpoints. And Dave, you, you and I have talked about this before. I mean, that was a big beef of mine, right? I was like, dude, I can't believe that the raid level gear is the same as the hard mode flashpoint gear. I think that's a big fault in the game. I do like that they're saying with the new raid, the sixteen man version, which is not in the game yet at one point two, but they I, I'm assuming it's going to come in in the next three or four weeks, is going to have a like an ultra level tier of gear so if you do the normal mode or the hard mode that's great but you won't get if you do the 16 man you'll actually get the the best level of gear in the game that's the kind of stuff that they need to keep doing moving forward i do, i don't think they said that what what they said was just that nightmare nightmare will have i don't think the gear is going to be different for the sizes the gear is going to be different between nightmare and hard mode because it it wasn't up to this point no right that's so, what i'm saying is nightmare mode is going to start getting its own tier of gear yes. so right yes. so meaning you know if story mode is tnes and maybe a piece or two of kalumi you know and hard mode is pretty much all kalumi and maybe a maybe a piece or two of ricotta rarely and nightmare mode is like all ricotta or whatever on the current raids in the new raid it's going to be like story mode, hard mode, and nightmare, and they're all different gear tiers, or at least yeah, but nightmares. Not, but but not by size. That's that's the point I was. Oh well, I thought I thought nightmares were only sixteen mans. No, 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 no nightmares. They're all eight or sixteen. Oh, I didn't know. I thought you could only do nightmare on sixteen man. That's 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 my rating ignorance <laughs> coming through right there. But anyways, I mean, we could kind of go on about this for forever. But I did want to touch on. Um, the mess hall that we did uh, a couple—it's it's probably a couple weeks old now since we didn't do our podcast last week. But 
Uh, Dave, why don't you go talk about the mess hall from a few weeks ago and what the topic was and what the results uh, came out to be. We, we skipped last week for our recording, which is this week. So uh, our mess hall, which uh, corresponds with, with this cast, uh, was about, it's called Bring Back That Loving Feeling. And it's basically about getting people excited about game again. And like I said, um, for anyone out there, for fans, for uh, anyone from Bioware who's listening, the input I put in, I'm not one of those players who are like, I'm mad, you messed up my game, I'm not having fun, I quit. Uh, I'm, I'm not quitting. Uh, I'm waiting at least another couple patches. I just hope some stuff changes in a direction. And there's a possibility that you guys have, have heard from viewpoints like mine and players and you simply don't agree. And in the long run, the game won't be for me. But you've made a great game no matter what. I'd like to see certain things that would definitely keep me interested in the long run. But no matter what happens, we got some input from players to see what would either keep them interested or for those players who have gotten kind of bored, get them interested again. We actually got a lot of votes. We got over 500 votes on seven different uh, choices of topic. And coming in first place at 30% was uh, people want more story-driven content in Endgame. Uh, keep it coming fast and furious. So what uh, Bioware sold the Old Republic on is what people want. Uh, they, they want more story. And I, I will give, I'll give props to the, the Rackle stuff that's put in. Even though the majority of the content, uh, you know, it wasn't revolutionary, it was good. They have a, a fun little story going around it. The writing and acting is, is top-notch as ever. So that's definitely moving in the right direction. In second place, closely following at 27% with 140 votes, people want more PvP content. And truthfully, uh, it's my opinion that the PvP community is actually what's been keeping the game going as viably as it has been in the last couple of months. Yeah, so, I was just going to add in there really quick uh, on PvP, what they really, really need to do is they need to make just in general world PvP viable, not just PvP in war zones, right? Like, if, if you see an Imperial dude running around and you gank him, you should get some sort of reward or accommodation for it. I think that would help PvP a lot. Uh, yeah, I could see that. And, and I'm, I bet you something like that will come down. But PvP is a very close second. So, you know what? Uh, actually, th that's pretty much their two, like, two of their big selling points, too. Yeah, the that's 60%. And, and the PvP. But also, let me point out, this is what a lot of people are saying. They feel like their story ends. Another reason I've heard that people people play other characters is because they don't have any more cool story for their main so people definitely want more story and i bet you they would love it uh, on their their main more than anything and after that people want pvp so the responses uh to our poll uh run right alongside what bioware's been been uh you know selling so hopefully they can just they can just uh you know sync it up with what the players want and everyone will be golden um but after pvp in third place, still a respectable 15%, uh, is operations. Uh, once again, no big surprise there. Um, but people want more operations. They want more variety in operations. And it seems like Bioware's, uh, you know, trying to move in that direction. They had 1.2. They have a uh, major operation. First time they're separating um, hard mode from nightmare mode, which is good stuff. Uh, in fourth place at 11%. Uh, the thing that makes Tor stand out is the space game. And I'll tell you truthfully, if they put the right aspects into the space game, I could probably play it uh, 
so much that I I wouldn't even be paying attention. Dude, I totally agree, man. Um, I love the space if, game. If, if they put multiplayer space yep. combat in, if they put space PvP in, if they put cooperative space PvE in, yep. Uh, I would that would keep me busy for at least a few months just by itself. I I I love what they've done with outer space, and I hope they really really run with it. After that, with uh, 7%, we have people with like, uh, a greater variety of in-game flashpoints. And you know what? 7% is not, you know, it's not nothing, but uh, that right there is kind of indicative of what we've been talking about. Maybe yeah. this is just isn't a community that's, you know, maybe this isn't a community that's about single group content. Maybe it's, uh, it's very highly polarized towards single player or towards, uh, you know, full raid content. Or you know, full PvP. Group it de it definitely seems that way because this is this is what the second or third poll that we've had now where Flashpoint content was is essentially at the bottom, you know, it, or it, close to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, kind of what we were talking about earlier, that could be the case. And Bioware, we got six percent of people, thirty-four votes. That nothing needs to be done. They still have that loving feeling. So uh, got some people loving what you've done. Don't change a thing. And uh, and at four percent. Coming in last is add more depth to crafting. Uh, make it harder to master and more rewarding for doing so. So uh, although I'm sure people like more variety in gear, it seems that people people want story and PvP. It's almost 60% of our responses right there. And if you add 15% more, 75% brings up operations. Yeah. So... No, that's, um, that's interesting stuff. And you know, we'll have to do a follow-up on this now that 1.2 is out and see where see where people are at with these topics, right? I wonder if the numbers have changed at all. Actually, I wonder if they have too. Well, and I say we give it a month. But, uh, you know, I said it once as a final note. Uh, I, want to, I want to love this game. I don't, uh, I, I, I don't dislike it. I just, I, I, I want to feel, I want to feel less like I'm going through the motions because I love the combat system. Uh, the the graphics and worlds are excellent. Uh, the story, of course, is is kick butt, and uh, you know uh, the ships, the ships, the space combat, all of it. I mean, and when I talk about the ships, they did everything about the ships, right? The look of the ships, the the hangars, like even just when you're running up to your ship, it's just it's just awe inspiring. Still, how awesome the ships look just when you're approaching them in your hangar. So. Um, no, I agree, man. I agree. But hey, we are uh, we are running out of time here, and I can hear some music fading in in the background. So uh, before we uh, call it a night here, guys, any uh, final thoughts to close out the show? Uh, Mike, I'm pointing at you. <laughs> I, I know. I, I'm thinking, but there's not enough time to talk about all the medic changes. So uh, that's coming up next time, I think. I'm going to... Next time. Me. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> Republic Trooper Podcast. Yeah. Medic changes. The season two yes. premiere. No. <laughs> <laughs> Mike on the commando yeah. medic changes because he is a commando medic that does nothing but heal people and he wants to talk about it. In two so. Mondays, you'll discover so, a Mike, world. Mike, <laughs> what's healing like on a commando at 50? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Oh, I had to sneak it in. All right. Oh, there's a slam for the week, ladies and gentlemen. We can move on now. Yeah, hold on. We need some applause for that. There you go, Dave. I feel accomplished now. All right, man, yeah. Dave. You got anything? You got anything you want to uh, wrap the show with? No, just that we're uh, we're we're still pumping. We got faith, and uh, you know, Bioware knock our socks off. Mass Effect Three kicks ass. So, uh, <laughs> and, oh, 
and, and I will give this, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I, I try to complain when I can give input. The, the people, although I'll admit I wasn't the hugest fan of Mass Effect 3's ending, I was a little disappointed, but that's as far as it went. Like, the anger and rage over Mass Effect 3 ending, guys, move out of your mom's basement. Exactly. <laughs> Alright guys, well cool. Well, Thanks for hanging out and talking uh, Star Wars The Old Republic tonight. Thank you everybody out there for listening. This has been Combat Chatter uh, on RepublicTrooper.com and uh, we will see you guys again in a couple of weeks. We are out of here. Peace. Later. Word. You've been listening to Combat Chatter brought to you by RepublicTrooper.com Join the community at www.republictrooper.com on Facebook at facebook.com slash republictrooper or on Twitter at republictrooper. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time. I just had something to say, and I totally lost it. <laughs> hey, that's my job, dude. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Anyways, uh, what were you going to say, man? Uh, oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's a All legendary right. chip. <laughs> okay, quiet down. Here we go.